Counting calories is out. Weight loss is an internal game, what I like to call weight release, and it all starts from within. You're listening to Confidence From Within, a podcast for women ready to feel good about their bodies, rediscover their confidence, and share their brilliance with the world. I am your host, Juliana Lehman, mind-body weight release expert and lifelong health seeker. And I am so pleased to have you here. Let's get started. You're listening to episode number 136 of Confidence From Within podcast. And as always, I am your host, Juliana Lehman. And my very special guest today is Laura Melnick. And Laura is a valued member of the Weight Release Shift program and community. And I invited her on the podcast today to one, share her experience so far with the journey. But number two, because Laura has actually gone through a major life event in which she almost lost her daughter, which was only 11 years old due to a misdiagnosed health condition. And our conversation is really going to focus one on Laura's bravery or really advocating for her daughter's health to get the care that she needed. And I really wanted to use this opportunity to help her spread the message for other parents that potentially are going through the same, but also to really show you how Laura was able to really model what we talk about in terms of prioritizing your health so you can be the best version of yourself and to, of course, help others. It is so common for those in the caretaker position to completely deprioritize your health and put those that we're caring for at the forefront. And even though Laura started on the path, she very quickly recognized that unless she took care of herself, she wouldn't be strong and healthy for her daughter. And this episode is so beautiful and so inspiring. And she really shares her journey of actually seeing how putting her health first was actually benefit everyone involved. And I really, really love our conversation. There's so many special moments and I hope it will touch your heart as much as it has touched mine. Without any further ado, let me introduce you to Laura. Prior to the end of 2022, Laura has always prided herself on her ability to handle stressful situations, as well as her genuine positive attitude. She married later in life and was blessed to have two children together and have spent the last 12 years trying to navigate marriage, parenthood, and of course, the M word, menopause. She has met me last fall through mutual colleagues and... She immediately bought my book release and signed up for the weight release shift program. Little did she know how useful the tools she would be learning would be, even though her journey had only just begun. Here is Laura. Welcome, Laura. I am very pleased to have you on the show today. Welcome. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Me too. And I know this conversation is so important and so special, and I'm very honored, actually, that you are here talking to us about what we're about to discuss. So just to get us started, so for those listening, Laura is currently a member of our Weight Release Shift program and community. And the way that I like to start these these types of interview is really understanding before you started on your release journey and found me and we started working together, what were you feeling prior to actually joining the program and starting your release journey? 
Uh, thank you. I'm excited to be here. I felt lost would be my best summary because I'm entering, I feel that I'm entering that next stage of life, you know, the M word, not motherhood, but yet menopause. Yes. <laughs> and so I really felt that I was starting to go through some changes. I'm 52. Um, and I'm always been one to resist anything negative. So I wanted <laughs> to learn how to embrace this next stage. And when I heard you speak um, before, I was drawn into how this can be a magical experience. It can be something not to um, shy away from, not to need to be medicated for, <laughs> but to rather embrace it in all of its entity and move forward and learn how to grow from it. I love it. And this is like a beautiful quality of you. And even your energy exudes that, which is this ability to look at the other side and the positive side and really find the blessings. And, and, and that is such a beautiful, and I think it's going to be a big component of our conversation today as well. <laughs> uh, but I just want to check analogy for that. And, you know, I know we talk a lot about this in the work itself, that it takes a lot of bravery, right? To really look in the mirror and say, I'm going to love all of you, <laughs> you know, and really do the work together. So I'm very pleased to hear that you did not resonate with you know, everything's going to fall apart from now on. No, let's frame this differently, literally reframe menopause and find all the blessings in this next phase, right, of your journey. So that's beautiful. <laughs> so thank yeah, you for absolutely. saying that. <laughs> and what were the resistances that you had just, you know, for others listening before deciding, you know what, because as you know, everybody hopefully listening to this podcast know this is a deep journey, right? Your self-discovery, your self-acceptance. Did you have any resistance in terms of jumping in and saying, I'm ready to do this type of work? Um, yeah, I didn't want to believe that I was at that point in my life. I have younger kids. I had my children later in life and I knew I would be getting to this phase about the same time they're getting to puberty. I'm getting to menopause. I knew my husband was screwed. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so it's just one. It's just accepting. I think where I was at and being willing to learn about it instead of shy away from it and ignore it. Yes, that is on itself brilliant and incredible gold. Because I think there's so much resistance for women, especially in this transition, right? Of really understanding that things will be a little bit different now, but different does not mean worse or does not mean harder. It's just different, right? And you chose the empowerment route of gaining knowledge. So the more you know what's happening, the easier it becomes to accept what's happening, right? And work with your body. So that's that's wonderful. I'm really happy to hear that. And so, that has been a game changer for me. Sorry, is just learning. That's one thing I love a lot about your program is the mindset about it. It's the knowledge. It's the learning. And when we get into my story, um, I'm going to show you different aspects of how my daughter has learned. Like the mindset. Mindset is crucial to everything that we do. So I appreciate oh. that. I'm already getting teary eyed. <laughs> um, th this work is really meaningful to myself. And I think when I ask myself, like, why do I love this field so much? I think is there's a big part of my heart that really does not like to see people suffer. And I, I think so many women suffer, right? In, in, in all ages, of course, but definitely in the space in our lives when we have the most wisdom, we have the most capacity to love. And I think you know, already seeing you 
showing that the next generation is already benefiting. It is tremendous. And that is really the purpose that I personally wake up every day. So I think this is going to be an emotional conversation for me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But we're all about real, right? So sometimes I do cry on this podcast. So there you go. (laughs) (laughs) So the the one, the way that I want to start your story is that you had a major life struggle that you had to face that you know, from my understanding of it, really, you did not see coming, right? And I'll let you explain what that was early in your journey. So let's start by you telling us what happened. And then we can go into specifics of how you handle it as well. But let's start with what actually happened. Okay. Um, So it was November, the beginning of November. So just before Remembrance Day. Um, I remember it vividly because Halloween was precious. My daughter had such an amazing time. My son, I have a daughter and a younger son as well. And it was amazing. She said this was the best Halloween ever. So that is fixed in my brain that Mm. that day was perfect. It was beautiful. There was no problems. Um, Then the next week, I got a call from the school that she had a stomach ache and I needed to pick her up which was very strange because she loved school. She always wanted to be there. For her to come home with a stomachache was very odd. So two days into her stomachache, I'm thinking, okay, well, now it's a little more serious. It's not that she doesn't want to be at school. It's not, you know, something she ate. There's something more serious going on. So my husband had the brilliant idea of checking her bowel movement. Like, have we checked that? Do we know? And we got familiar with that a lot. (laughs) (laughs) But so we saw blood and a significant amount. So first thing in my head is take her to emergency. I'm thinking if this is happening to my child, she's bleeding that much and taking her to emergency. So we took her to the closest emergency um, to us, which is only like 15, 20 minutes away. And we sat there. Unfortunately, I will say our healthcare system is very broken right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so we did sit there for eight hours and she mm. went to the bathroom several times beside her bed in a seat thing in a pot so they could see what we were dealing with. And it was frustrating in the fact that when we did finally see the doctor, he told us that he really didn't look at her. She wasn't squirming in pain. Um, and I'll explain that later on too. So she didn't show any signs of discomfort other than the bleeding at that point. And he said, eh, it's probably food poisoning. Eh, it's probably bacteria. Like it's nothing to come to the emergency room for. Call your family doctor. So wow, I was kind of taken back. I was almost embarrassed that I wasted his time um, going in and I was frustrated. So away. he said, you can wait longer and get a, yet another bowel movement and we can test it for this bacteria. And I knew for a fact that wasn't what it was. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, no, I'm not waiting for this. We've been here too long. You're not taking me seriously. I'm leaving. Mm-hmm. So we went home and we called our family doctor. So our daughter had previously been diagnosed with this condition called pandas, which is mm-hmm. um, an anxiety that is in the brain. So it's a lot about behavioral that way coming off of from having a lot of stress. So we called the family doctor and she was like, eh, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. It could be like a polyp, you know, so let's kind of just monitor it. You know, we'll send you for blood work. So we went for blood work, nothing showed up in their blood work. And it was like each week 
it would be one more blood test each week, another blood test. And through this time, she kept bleeding in abundance, in abundance, in abundance. And it got to the point where she went from being 84 pounds down to 68 pounds. Oh my goodness. She couldn't walk. She had absolutely no energy and we were totally frustrated. So we were no longer dealing with the pandas specialist because it was not a pandas issue. So they were now dealing with a new a nurse practitioner. And so she wasn't familiar with Autumn's file. So she had to read on Autumn's file. Meanwhile, I'm just frustrated. I'm going to work each day. My husband's home with our daughter uh, or granny's helping out. Um, and I'm frustrated and I'm open with my story to anybody that would listen at work. And I had my colleagues who were amazing, like mm -hmm. absolutely amazing, kept telling me, you need to take her somewhere else. You need to take her somewhere else. And I'm, so I called the specialist again and I said, can I take her somewhere else? No, we don't recommend that because she's getting more better care here. And I'm like, well, she's not getting any care, mm -hmm. <laughs> but I was believing what they were telling me. So I didn't want to rock the boat. I didn't want to push. I should have gone with my gut. But I really, I don't like to step on anybody's toes. I'm a kind person. Yes. I want to respect their profession and their judgment and go with that. So finally, we, the nurse practitioner really wanted to see her in person. So I was like, I can't, she can't even walk. She can't be away from a bathroom. She can't walk. And she goes, I need, I need to see her. Um, so we took her to the office to which Autumn did pass out. She came to vomiting. It was a terrible situation. And the nurse looked at me and said, get her, get her to another hospital now. And she told us where to go. And we had to take her because if they would have called the ambulance, they wouldn't have taken her there. They would have taken her to the closest hospital. So we drove an hour to the other hospital, um, to which she was an absolute angel and she phoned ahead. So they had teams there waiting for us, um, greeting us and had a direction of kind of where to look. Although again, unfortunately, they weren't listening even to her being a nurse practitioner. They, the experts had in their heads what they thought it probably was. So they instantly started treating her for like an upper GI bleed um, thing because of the medication that she was on from her past diagnosis. She was on a lot of Advil. So mm -hmm. they thought, well, we'll get some PPI going in her and that'll help. So they kept us. They did a scope the next day. And I will tell you, my daughter is terrified or else I was, and I'll get to that, was <laughs> absolutely terrified of needles. She was a pincushion. So she had needles and IVs and everything. And it was, you can imagine, wow. very hard to find a vein at a little skeleton. Like she was five feet tall, 68 pounds, not a good combination. And just for the audience, how old is your daughter or how old was she? she 11. 11. 11. Yeah. Yeah. And never had experienced um, ongoing pain before. Like retrospective, she's had a stomachache here and there, but only for like a short amount of time, like a few hours, and then it would subside. Um, so there they did a endoscopy and the specialist felt that they had it. They had, I was just reading the endoscopy notes and they're like, yep, able to carry about regular business. And so we were admitted to the hospital for her to just recover from that. And I remember what a horrific experience that was as I'm seeing my daughter laying there. The specialists are telling me that they fixed it. 
then the pediatrician team comes in and they're going along with the specialist saying, yep, it's fixed. We're, you know, you're going to be moving out of here. And it's like, no, like I had to continue to advocate. She's still bleeding. She's still bleeding. You haven't fixed it. She's still bleeding. And we were there that week. Upon discharge, um, I asked my husband to come up because I was just there by myself. It's an hour away from our home. So he was here with our son. And so I asked him, I said, they're not listening to me. I begged, I pleaded with every soul in that hospital to listen to me, not to discharge us, that she was still bleeding, that they didn't get it. And it's hard. It's hard going against um, professionals that are experts in their field. I'm not. For sure I'm not. But I do know my daughter. And I know that this isn't normal. And unfortunately, even in the state she was at, she doesn't exhibit pain. Like it's just, I coming to learn to understand the state she was in, she has probably lived with this all her life. And so she didn't know not to have pain. So this was a normal thing for her. So it was very hard for them to diagnose. Um, so I was scared. I was terrified. I was angry. I was fearful. I was all the negative things. And when you come from a place of always being the light for everybody else. So I'm always the one to support everybody and to cheer everybody up and to, you know, listen to their stories and to really be their rock and to feel like I was lost. I didn't know how to navigate this. And thankfully, there's such a great team up there, um, social workers to help teach you that it's okay not to accept what they're telling you. It's okay to question. It's okay to, you know, advocate for your child because essentially you have to. So I did push hard um, with the support of my friends telling me, my family telling me, (laughs) everybody like on the phone texting me, telling me everybody is, you have to speak up, you have to speak up. And so I did. I insisted on them doing another test. Um, they said, we're not doing this. We're not doing that. But I'll I'll agree to an ultrasound. I'm like, okay, I'll take it. Like, I'll, I, I yeah. can take it because I know 100% that something is wrong. So like I say, the Friday when I asked my husband to be there when they were to discharge us, um, that's when the GI specialist came in and said, I'm sorry, I messed up. You're right there is something else and we want to investigate that further. And I think the validation took Mm. away the anger. Mm. Like it was just, okay, I accept, I accept your acknowledgement of that. Now, what are we going to do? Yeah. So it was, it was very scary. They did in fact discharge us to prepare then for a colonoscopy, which in my head, I thought this isn't a good idea. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, because in preparing for a colonoscopy, you're flushing yeah. your system out. So therefore you're bleeding that much more. Mm-hmm. So that was the Friday night. Come Tuesday, we were back. And of course we can't, she can't walk. So we're wheelchair and carrying her. And they almost didn't do the colonoscopy because she had lost too much blood again. Mm-hmm. And the anesthesiologist was like, it's not safe. And so the specialist is like, but we need... We need this for her to live. And I was just, I was floating, essentially. I mm-hmm. didn't know where I was, where I was going. Um, they did manage to get in and at least start the colonoscopy. 
um, while giving her blood transfusion at the same time so that she was able to stabilize. And then they were able to um, 100% diagnose that she has IBD. So irritable, irritable bowel disease. Disease. What is yep. That? Yep. Yes. Inflammatory bowel disease. <laughs> Inflammatory bowel disease, yes. <laughs> I'm like, this is all like, I'm still learning all of this. So <laughs> this is not something that ran in our family. This is not something that we had experienced before. So that started my journey of learning. But from there, we spent another week in the hospital because she wasn't stable. I wasn't able to bring her home. And the doctor that apologized to me said that the only reason that she lived is because I advocated for her. Oh. And I'm just like, oh, like the weight of that mm. is crazy. It and then is. It, it was just phenomenal. And then the following week when I, I wasn't able to relax yet, right? Because I still wasn't believing that she was going to be okay. Um, another one of the team, another doctor came in and he, I, he's again trying to prep me to be able to go home. And I'm like, how am I going to go home? Like how how am I not going to wind up here again? And then he tells me the story, asked if I believed in miracles. And mm -hmm. essentially, he said, the power of prayer is what has saved your child. And I'm just, oh, so <laughs> instantly I went from fear and anger and I think ultimate sadness to gratitude and just feeling so blessed. Yeah. And filled with joy in the fact that, you know what, I have such an amazing team supporting me, like community, yeah. friends, family, co-workers, like there's such an amazing team that believed so much that they could heal her, that they were able to, they were able to give us a chance. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by the Weight Release Shift, a program that I am so excited to share with you. And actually, more than a program, this is a partnership in which I join forces with you to take you on this incredible journey, which is Weight Release. Together, we will explore all the necessary mind shifts to get you to places you've never been before, as well as learn what is going on with your hormones, especially as you transition into later phases of being a woman. All of that combined with tasty, healthy, super easy to make foods and recipes to help you balance hormones, eat for your needs, and release excess weight in the process. If you're curious or ready to learn more and join me and all these other wonderful women on this journey, I encourage you to apply at the link below. To learn more, visit naturallyjoyous.ca slash release. And I look forward to chatting with you and getting to know you better. Oh, and I just want to interject here for one moment. So first of all, your story is so touching and for somebody like you said having a healthy daughter late november to going through almost losing her right this is even hard to comprehend the one thing you said that i think is so beautiful but it also very important laura is the whole concept of the anger 
right? I think if you truly look at it, based on how things transpire, that anger or perception of anger in you was really an intuitive part of you, maybe divine guidance, whatever combination of that served as fuel. So you wouldn't stop until you got the validation that yes, your advocacy for her life yields the results you're looking for, right? Because a lot of times we look at anger as a negative emotion, but I think every emotion has both sides. Your anger was actually the fuel that kept you going until you felt she's safe again, right? So I just wanted to acknowledge you on that because I know, like you said, you are always the one cheering people on. So those are difficult emotions to deal with and accepting yourself. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. And you even were able to transcend anger, which I think is very incredible. And in terms yeah. of so as you're going through that with her, right? Tell me a little bit about in terms of where were you in terms of caring for yourself as her caretaker, which for so many people that becomes all consuming, right? And we forget about our needs completely, but you also have to be healthy enough to support her. So let's go into that angle now and tell me how were you navigating your own well-being during this whole process? Oh, yeah, that's a great question. Um, it came to a point. So, of course, my whole focus was on her. I was there. I slept there. I, I didn't leave her side because I didn't believe that I could. Um, so I went like three days without eating, sleeping, like all of that. Yeah. And I almost passed out. The nurses were in doing blood work on her. and they noticed that I was by her side and that I almost passed out. And they said, Oh, or do you get a queasy with the blood? And I said, no. And that was my stoplight to, okay, Laura, you need to be able to take care of yourself because you are the one taking yeah. care of her. So if something happens to me, something's going to happen to her. Yeah. So that's where I was very thankful that I had already started your <laughs> um, journey. And I was able to, really use my mind and make the choices that I needed to make in order to find the strength within me. So yeah. instead of gravitating to like poutine, which would have been my normal, you know, <laughs> go to comfort carb, yeah. I was gravitating more to like good, like I was having olives and I was finding some meat to have and I was having mm -hmm. vegetables. Like I was having food that was fueling my body and rather than just having the comfort for the emotion, I was literally looking for the fuel. Yeah, that is incredible. Because like you said, it's, you know, normally stress is one of the quick triggers, right? That most people, you know, drop the knowledge and go for the comfort. But in your case, that was acute, very extreme and traumatic and in front of very prolonged period of time as well. Right. And what you said, which is really brilliant, is that through like from the vocabulary that we are accustomed to using in, in this podcast and in my work through knowing very clearly your inner priorities and your family obviously being very high in there you're able to actually link that by taking care of yourself you're actually fulfilling what is most important to you right so maybe that happened automatically in your mind i don't know um but that is very much what it is and then it gives you enough purpose and, and fuel to actually care for yourself because you see that the outcome, like you said, if you don't care for yourself, then she won't receive, your daughter wouldn't receive care. So it's brilliant. And that's exactly how the mind works. And you <laughs> use the principles, right? To really get the outcome. So now talk to me a little bit about the, the 
Is there anything that you were surprised by from the mindset standpoint of what you've learned so far in the release process that you were able to utilize in this situation? Um, well, I am very surprised that I was able to rationalize where I was and what I needed um, from a healthy perspective. And instead of just like, honestly, at 52, I have always gravitated to come. I'm emotional leader, like mm -hmm. 100%. I am an emotional leader. So at that time, to be able to still have that in focus and not yeah. put it aside um, is astounding to me, like <laughs> literally astounding. <laughs> yes. I love it. And let's just say for someone going through this, a similar situation, maybe not the specifics of what happened to your daughter, but in the sense of finding themselves in a very difficult, stressful period, and they gravitate towards the emotional eating. What are some of the either learnings or concepts or thoughts that you've you know, acquired that you can share as maybe advice or what they can also contemplate in terms of also sort of following the similar footsteps that you did? One of the best things that you've said that has stuck with me is picture yourself six months from now. So what would your self six months from now say to you? And will that help you get to that goal or will it take you back from it? Because I find yeah. that to be not an overwhelming time frame. I find mm -hmm. that to be a time frame that I can, I can reason with, I can rationalize with, yeah. and I can work with. Yeah. That's wonderful. And it's very interesting. Like it's, I was actually journaling last night and in, in a similar vein, but different than that. Uh, one of the things that came up is I was sometimes I journal and my hand just writes things. <laughs> and then I talk about those things. Uh, and one of the things that came up is if you're struggling in the macro situation, just add more time, meaning expand the time horizon in which you're measuring success and progress, right? Because yeah. anytime that we are too macro, like our perspectives and views are so narrow that we do miss the big picture. But if you go, like you said, too broad, then it's unattainable and then the mind just gets overwhelmed, right? So it's wonderful that this six months is a good mark for you. And I feel that's tangible enough without being next year. <laughs> you know, it's exactly. tangible enough. But then you can expand your time horizon and make decisions on that, which is so brilliant. And how does this impact your daughter? So I know we mentioned at the beginning that it has impacted already her, you know, your next generation. So let's talk a little bit about that from seeing the work you've been doing on yourself and all the learnings. Tell me a little bit about that. Um, well, mindset has been huge. So like I say, when she started this process, she was so terrified of needles she actually became tachycardic. So her heart rate got raised so high, like insanely high, that we had to focus on breathing above bleeding. Like, and that's how I was, I'm like, what is happening here where now the bleeding isn't the biggest deal, now it's breathing. So, ah, mm -hmm. like it's one of those mm -hmm. things. And she was able, um, there's child life specialists at the particular hospital we're at, and they work with the mind and teaching kids a educating them on what is happening to their bodies. So information so much like what you do and educating us what our bodies are going through. Yeah. And then using the power of the mind to, you know, tap into our inner strength, and be able to get us through these hurdles that we're going through. And I saw her. And literally, she is my champion warrior. Mm -hmm. 
I saw her go from being absolutely terrified of having a needle to now we go to regular infusions where she gets excited to go. She has her whole mindset. She reiterates her um, coping techniques. So she does a breathing and a counting. And that is her way. And she will advocate for herself at 11 years old. My goodness. How this is going to be done. And you will not come near her body until she knows that you understand. We're going to do three breaths. And then on the count of three, that's when you do um, that's when you do the needle. And that's because she understands that's the exact time it's going to happen. So she's prepared for it. So it's preparation. It's mm-hmm. taking back control of something yes. you're totally out of control on. Wow. That is just like, like mind blowing, like mind blown, honestly, and beautiful at the same time. And like kids, like she's so young, right? Like 11, turning 12 years old. And one of the the beauties we see in, in children is that they are such open canvases, right? And they absorb concepts that sometimes as adults take decades to, and they just get it and they implement. And to see now that she's taking her transcending that fear and having her process to be in control, which I think is key in what she's done. And now she's advocating it. It is unbelievable. So tell me a little bit about so our listeners can also hear what has she done in terms of sharing her journey? Because I know it's a very personal journey, right? So a lot of kids or adults wouldn't feel comfortable. And she's comfortable with you coming here, speaking openly and helping others. You're turning this whole thing into a beautiful blessing for other families and kids. So tell me a little bit about what you and her are doing in terms of spreading this word. Yeah, absolutely. So it was something it was hard for her to go through. And I think she's still comprehending that you know, she almost died. Like, honestly, she was there. And she's using her own way to wrap her head around that. But she's choosing to help others. She's choosing to help any other kid not go through it. Or if they are going through it, she's teaching them how she's been able to cope because it is incredible the the amount of growth that she has had on this, like just in Mm -hmm. even in her anxiety. Um, Mm -hmm. She has these Crocs that she wears, and she has little clip ons on them. And she lost one of the clip-ons the other day. And normally that would have sent her with her anxiety off the edge. And instead, she's found a better way to look at it. She says to me, you know, mommy, I'm not worried that I lost that clip because it meant I was having fun. So I lost it because I was moving around and I was having fun. And I'm just like, dang. Wow. (laughs) Mic drop. (laughs) Like, yes. Like, yes, you're getting it. And I'm so proud. So she's so Um, she wanted to tell her story on her time. So I waited until she was ready. She went back to school just a few weeks ago. Mm -hmm. She missed three months of school. Mm -hmm. Um, so there was a lot of questions from friends at school and everything else. And at first she was embarrassed. There was a lot of, we were dealing with a lot of poo. (laughs) Like, who (laughs) and what? This was her life. And so it was, it was hard for her. It was embarrassing. It was, she's now 12 years old and it, it was something that she had to get past and, on her own time and how she felt she wanted to do that or she loves to watch like YouTube videos and whatnot. So (laughs) she has created her own YouTube blog or video vlog called it's autumn and (laughs) it's her journey um, with IBD. And she wants to teach other kids that even though she's been diagnosed with this, it's not a death sentence. She is going to live her life to the best of her abilities every single day. She's allowed to have down days. She's allowed to, you know, be sad, be frustrated, be mad, but 
every morning when she gets up, she's also grateful, like absolutely mm-hmm. grateful mm-hmm. for the opportunities, grateful for the blessing of the diagnosis. Like to be honest, yes. it's yes. That's a one thing because she was misdiagnosed with something else. And we could have held on to that anger, but it wasn't serving us. So that's I had to walk her through that because she was really upset about that because mm. she's missed all these years of her life not feeling a hundred percent. And so she was she was hanging on to that for a while. And I said, That's not how is that serving you? It's is it serving if it's making you feel better? if then okay but if it's not making you feel good then release it so much like your release is so 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 important pay attention to how you feel and if it's not serving you well then release it and fear holds us back from so many things that when we are open and we are honest and we are able to be vulnerable to you know, sharing the true reality of the situation. It's amazing how many people that hopefully you can help that are stuck in the, in the embarrassment, in the shy, in the fear and get past that and start having fun, having faith, like have faith again. And that's, it's been, that's been a hard thing for me is finding my faith again Mm -hmm. was, was really tough because I've never, ever I've I've always had that belief and for a moment in time I had lost it Mm -hmm. and that was really hard and seeing her strength and seeing her power through has really really helped me on yeah oh so many golden nuggets like there's a couple things I want to pull out and then we will I want to make a comment about the faith piece at the end so if I forget please remind me Um, yeah yeah but one of the things you said that really resonated with me. So I was also misdiagnosed for about nine years. And for all the eight hours that I just sat at emergency and, you know, struggled to put on a gown because I could barely move. And the doctor wouldn't even look at me and start yelling painkiller names and which one you want today. Like it was almost demoralizing, I would say, in terms of how I perceived at that time. But And really, by the time that they did diagnose me, it wasn't just pain in my head. I actually had a severe disc herniation. And um, what the neurosurgeon said to me is that if I had as little as had a little fender bander or slipped on the snow, we live in Canada, (laughs) I could have been paralyzed for the rest of my life. And those words really shocked me. And I thought, wow, like I, I went from being an athlete, like a basketball player to I could have been paralyzed. And you know, gain so much weight because they're putting me on antidepressants when they didn't know what actually was going on with me. Uh, and all it took was really one MRI, right? So I was also, I would say I went through the phases and the anger and the <laughs> and the sadness. Yeah. But looking back now, right, and even as a parallel to what you and her went through, if I had not, quotations, received those challenges along the way, it would not have created enough of a void for me to be so purpose-driven in the work I do today, right? So if I had gotten my diagnosis in 2004 and off I went, I probably would be in a very different place now, helping very different people, right? And I think that is something that we recently talked about in the group coaching call in the program, the weight release shift, is that when we start seeing the problems we're facing as the solutions we need to carry out our mission, it changes something inside of us, right? We want, we go from, you know, feeling we're struggling to empowered. Okay, what can I do about it? And I see it in such a short period of time, you and your daughter have made that that transition, right? Into empowerment. 
to the point that you're able now to even go out and spread the word and help others advocate. So I really wanted to commend you for that because it took me nine years and it took you guys three months. <laughs> so I think well, it's incredible. <laughs> it's because we have an amazing community. Like I cannot wow. speak enough about community, the importance of community. Like, yes. so for getting me, for pushing me to get my help for my daughter, my coworkers, amazing. The support I had at work, amazing. Everybody, my family, my friends, they were on me every single day, like the community. And then having you here mm-hmm. and knowing that I have this community to build my strength and to keep yeah. my strength going is absolutely crucial. Like it's something that if somebody's on the fence, oh, they don't really need it. You may. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. If you think about the worth of it, and there's one thing you mentioned in your book, and it's self-worth. And I absolutely, every time I hear that word, it just, it tingles inside you. Because when mm-hmm. you become older, you know, you're married or whatever, your focus be- goes on to your family. And yeah. it takes off of you. I remember when I first went to a job interview after having kids, and they asked about you. And I could always nail that. Like before when I was working, before when I was single, I knew my five-year plan. I knew where I was going. You know, I was a traveling gypsy. I was going where the universe took me <laughs> because I had belief. Yeah. But at the same time, I wasn't really, I wasn't really looking at me. I was always looking at, okay, how can I help others or how can I help my family? And when it comes to seeing the importance of needing to help yourself, that you are worth it is is very impactful. Yeah, I love that. And one of the things that we say that I think is important that one of my mentors repeated enough times I got tattooed in my brain and now I repeat it is that no matter what you do or don't do, you are fully worthy of love, right? And it's something that I think is so important because a lot of times we put conditions on our worth, right? And especially midlife that things start to change, but it's only our perception of our worth that changes, but your worthiness is untouchable no matter what, right? And I think the, but one thing is to believe it and the other thing is to feel it, <laughs> right? Uh, and really, this is really the process of just knowing how worthy you are, no matter the choices you make, because you're always doing the best you can at every moment in time, right? Even when the choice is not good, with the circumstances at hand, that was the best that you could do at that moment. And I think that is, it calms a lot of the self-blame and a lot of the stress that we put on ourselves, right? Uh, so I love that you brought that in. And the final thing I wanted to mention, uh, Laura, from what you said about the faith, um, it is very true. D- during those very difficult times, that's when we question it, right? Because we look around and we just go, oh my goodness, why is this happening? And how am I going to you know, feel support here? But what I think is important is that those very traumatic times offer us contrast, right? So that we can only be grateful for the goodness when we know the opposite. Like we couldn't see light without darkness, right? We can't, you know, without the opposites, we can't really see either way, right? And I think what is beautiful about your story is that when you had the contrast, that's when the blessings became so obvious, like the community and your inner strength. It was almost like this opportunity for you to prove to yourself how blessed you are. And in such a short period of time, you were able to see it, right? So the one thing that I would say for the listeners is that when you have those moments of doubt, 
those are opportunities. You know, those are, I know sometimes based, based on our faith that we feel guilty for even doubting, right? But I think that's very healthy because that is your opportunity to go deeper in your faith and really see, you know, despite the circumstances, I am so blessed, right? So I just wanted to, to throw that in there. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's a hundred percent how I feel. Like, I feel like we've been reborn. Like we have a new life. Like we've started a new chapter. Yes, for sure. We're learning all about this, but we have a new opportunity for an amazing life. Like, and with living each day with such gratitude, it totally fills your heart and it's amazing. Yeah, it is definitely one of the most healing, if not the most healing energy available on the planet, in my opinion, (laughs) professional opinion and personal. And now you are really spreading the love and spreading the knowledge that you acquire through very difficult circumstances to others, which I think that's really when the self-actualization takes place, right? You live the mission, you learn the lessons, and then you help others. And I think that is part of just your natural being, but also seeing how you and your daughter doing this together. And I know your whole family, but like the two of you specifically is incredible. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, I love it. Thank you so much for this incredible conversation, your openness, your honesty. And I know so many women and hopefully their kids will be impacted by this. So any closing thoughts, anything you want to leave others with? Um, Yeah, just if you had if you are going through something similar, um, don't don't question somebody else knowing better, you know, your child best, you know, yourself best. And just keep advocating. It doesn't have to be in a rude way or a mean way, but just keep advocating because they only see your child maybe once every year, vaccinations or whatever. And they're only going by like a, maybe a one hour window if you've had that appointment. So I don't want to lay blame on anybody. It's my responsibility as a parent. I know something's wrong and I am going to park myself somewhere until something (laughs) is done. And honestly, somebody will eventually listen. Somebody will. Yeah. And I think just the knowledge that you not only can, but it is our responsibility to advocate for our health needs in our healthcare care system was something that I didn't know 20 years ago. I mentioned that to you before we recorded the other day that I also believed that to receive continuous care, you had to abide by what was told, right? Even if the treatment wasn't working. So that in itself is an incredible piece of advice. So thank you so much for putting that in. And for those that want to find more about you, maybe connect with you, all those things, like how can we find you? Um, Well, I'm all about your business, what you do, all (laughs) you, whatever you want to share. Um, I'm on Instagram as Laura Melnick or Laura's Pink Lip Lemonade. And where the Pink Lip Lemonade came about is I do have a beauty business. Um, and it's kind of fun, funny in itself because growing up, I never felt I wasn't into beauty at all. I was <laughs> I was the nice one. My sister was the pretty one. Ah. And that's how I grew up knowing myself. And then I was introduced to this um, product. It's called Saint Beauty. and I learned that it's okay to feel pretty and it's okay to see myself different from somebody else and still feel pretty. And I thought, you know what, I'm 50, 50 years old and I'm learning this. I need to share it with other people because I'm sure I'm not the only person <laughs> that has been through life mm-hmm. this far. Um, yeah. So it's just, that's where you can find me. I'm usually sharing my stuff on there. I say, 
to save your time, save your money or save your sanity. (laughs) That is what I'm really trying to share. And one thing big you'll see a lot of is my family because it's so, so, so important to me and any sanity savers that I can Mm -hmm. find and much like finding you is, you know what, we need to build ourselves, build ourselves strong so that we can, we can lift others up as well. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. and um, my daughter's vlog, her video vlog, yes. it's just I, private, I believe. I don't know how we're still navigating that, but it's, <laughs> it's, it's autumn. It's her video blog. And I believe you can find it again through my Instagram page. Oh, that's wonderful. And I'll make sure to put all the proper links below the show notes so that people just can go and click uh, so okay. that they can connect and, you know, watch her blog, which I'm very excited about. Um, the last thing I'll say, Laura, before we close, just because you mentioned something really important about the mission of this business that you have is so many of us are labeled young in life, right? Oh, I'm the pretty one. I'm the smart one. Like you said, I'm the kind one, you know, and then we carry those labels for so long. And, you know, I think we recently talked about this and labels aren't helpful, right? Labels are really limiting. So I think that is a whole different conversation, but a beautiful side of your mission of cutting through those labels. And yes, we all, no matter the age, have the true, I would say, opportunity to feel beautiful in our own skin, no matter what the wrinkle looks like, the the hair and the shape and the size. Beauty truly is an internal belief system, right? That, you know, matches or reflects on the outside. So that is a separate conversation, but I just wanted to acknowledge that that is such important work that you are doing on that as well. Uh, Thank so you. you're just like incredible. I'm just very inspired. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. And in the future, we can bring you back for part two and we can talk about beauty from the inside that. out. Yes. <laughs> so thank you again for your time, for your, you know, generosity with information. And I really deeply hope that, you know, your daughter's health continues to improve and that everything you all went through continues to inspire and help other families as well. <laughs> thank you for your time thank today. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to Confidence From Within. If you enjoyed this episode, take a screenshot and tag me on Instagram at naturally.joyous and I will be sure to tag you back. I would also love for you to leave us a review on iTunes so you can help us support our show. Stay healthy and happy and until next time.